0: the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. During this time of year, it, it's a transitional period. We have come out of the joy of the resurrection. We've moved into the joy of the ascension and Pentecost. And now we focus on our fathers, the apostles. <coughs> their lives, their witness, what they do and how they do it, what they meant to us. How they've delivered that faith to us. It's interesting that in looking at them, we really see quite a lot of what we want to be, and sometimes what we don't want to be. Because while they were pivotal in the faith reaching us, they were instrumental in spreading that image and likeness of God and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ through their own encounter with Him, they still had their weaknesses. And we constantly speak about those. But I think it's important for us in looking at the disciples to realize that they were all individuals. Each one of them had his own character. Each one of them had his own style, his own life, had the way he lived and the way he expressed himself. And they were, they were by no means all right or all good, but they were different. And our Lord took that and took them as they were and started to bring out the wonderful things in them and polish those up and allow them to thrive And then they were transformed into the best person each of them could be. Now, one thing we need to realize is, our Lord didn't make them into somebody else. He actually chose them for them. You know, it's it's similar to when people are looking to start a relationship and. And you'll get someone saying, yes, you know, he's nice or she's nice, but this could be different. And my answer is always, don't ever take someone you want to be someone else. You can't take person A and hope that over time they'll become person B. Because they won't. You know, we adapt, we we alter a little bit. We make concessions. But we should never take a person on the premise that we want that person to be somebody else, to be a different character, a different person, different identity, because that's just wrong. They did, however, adapt, as we adapt. And our Lord molded them. He didn't take clay... And make it into gold. He just took clay and he shaped it into the most beautiful vessel that clay could be shaped into. And that is precisely what God does with us. He takes us as we are and he shapes us. He makes us into the best possible person we can be. And that in particular is the focus of today because being in the fast of the apostles, we need to figure out who we want to be. What's my goal for my life? And and our Lord um, chose the apostles in different forms and different shapes and different identities and different character traits. What I'm about to say could get me into serious trouble, but. Um, The image that comes into my mind is your typical 90s boy band, right? You've always got, you can tell, the four guys are going to be four character types. So that, you know, you can either like one of them or want to be one of them. But you can associate with a particular character type. And of course, I'm not inferring that the disciples were a first century boy band, but our Lord chose them with that mindset of having different character types. You know, are you an impulsive Peter? That's fine. Are you a James or John who want to be close to the seat of power? That's fine. Are you um, a Thomas who sometimes doubts? That's fine. And so on and so forth. Which of those are you and which of those do you want to be? So as we're fasting the fast of the apostles now, we need to look at two things. Look at the before and after. Of these disciples. And you can either relate to the before and want to be that before and shaped into something better, or look at the after and aspire to be that character. So maybe you can look at St. Peter being impulsive. And saying, well, okay, that's me, but I want to change a little bit. I, I, I don't want to be like that. I want that impulsive nature of me to be, not changed, but, but molded, so I get the best out of it. Or I look and look at St. Peter when he went and preached after and say, you know what, that's what I want to turn into. So during this fast of the apostles, let's make it relevant by looking at the lives of the apostles and relating to them. One thing we need to realize, though, is the common denominator in all of them, no matter what shape or size or character trait or identity they had, they all had one thing in common. And that is a heart that loved the Lord and a heart that chose the Lord over all else. And what you need to realize is that they chose our Lord twice. They chose him the first time when he said, follow me. And they left all and followed him. And they chose him the second time When he met them in the upper room and said, Fear not, it is I. And he sent the Holy Spirit upon them, and they went out and they preached, and they lived, and they proclaimed him. So they chose him twice, and in very different settings. What about us? What are our hearts? Is my heart powerful enough, strong enough, clear enough, engaged enough with our Lord to be able to choose Him twice? To choose Him when it's nice and exciting. You know, we can all follow a charismatic person. Someone comes up and they have this charisma about them. Yeah, I want to be with that person. I want to follow that person. And they left all and they followed him. But then when they had become more developed, matured, molded, when they started to really understand after the 40 days that he had spent with them, teaching them all things pertaining to the kingdom, after the three years he mentored and discipled them, then they knew the core of the message and what he wanted and they were able to follow him from that point and spread his message and his word. Are we ready? Because being with our Lord does not come without its challenges. In the Gospel of St. Matthew chapter 11, we read, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So, be like me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. So, am I willing to accept our Lord and be like Him and be gentle and lowly in heart? Or am I constantly convinced that I must just fight for everything? See, there is this new streak of revolutionary passion in the world. Don't misunderstand me. Revolution is a great thing. Revolutions have shaped this world. They have changed this world. They have freed people. But it depends what we are revolting against, what we're revolting for. It depends what we want to achieve. It's not just about being angry. It's about wanting to achieve something better. And the revolution that we live as Christians is not a revolution of anger. Because you know what? There's enough anger in the world. The world is not going to be shaped by more anger. If you have um, a glass that is you know, of yellow liquid and you throw more yellow into it, it's not going to change it. If you put a drop of blue in it, what does it become? Green. It changes it. It changes it intrinsically because what you are putting into it is different to what's already there. So, throw as much anger into the world as you want. It's not going to change it. Have a revolution of anger. Have a revolution of spite. It's not going to change a thing. But be lowly, be gentle, be sacrificial, be loving, be forgiving. That changes the world. Be contrabundum. That's what they called St. Athanasius. St. Athanasius, the 20th patriarch of our church, one of the great fathers of the Christian church, for whom we all look to the establishment of of the creed as we know it. They said to him, Athanasius, the world is against you. Well, you know what? I'm against the world. But being against the world... Being contramundum didn't mean he was going to go out and burn things down and blow things up and and, and hurt people. It meant in faith, in teaching, in spirit, in heart, in life. That is what it means to be contramundum. That's what it means to be against the world. It means you have a tidal wave going one way. And it is, in the world, sometimes a tidal wave. And you stand in the midst of that, and you say, you know what? No, I'm not going in that direction. But how can you swim against that? Peter, the man's dead. Your teacher is dead. He's in the tomb. buried. There's a big seal on the door. There are soldiers there. There's a big stone. The message is gone. What are you going to do? How are you going to make a difference? You thought you were going to make a difference. What have you done? Okay, it's now time to go with the wave. You've tried to go against it for the past three years. It didn't work. It's now time to go with it. He said, no, actually, no, I'm not. This is the time where I'm not going to go with it. I'm going to go well and truly against it. I am going to be contramundum. I am going to be against everything that misguides me. And I'm going to be a new direction in a world that needs me as a new direction. But this change can't just be on the outside. It can't just be the words we use. It can't just be the the power that we have externally. It needs to also be internal. 1 Peter 3 says, Do not let your adornment be merely outward." speaking of the arranging of the head, the wearing of gold, the putting on a fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart. That's the change we need. We need the heart to change. Saint Peter, if it was just about the external appearance, wouldn't have changed at all. Saint John, any of the disciples they wouldn't have changed you can see through a peripheral external change you you can tell if someone's just changed on the outside you can tell but when someone changes on the inside you can also tell you know we're all usually smarter than we look for some of us it's a very good thing and we all know how to deal with people you develop a sense you know sometimes we're gullible sometimes we get taken sometimes things get past us and that's just part of being human but you can usually tell when someone is not being genuine you can usually tell when someone is just Peripherally gracious giving your lip service saying what you want to hear you can usually tell but you can also tell when someone is different on the inside you can usually tell when there is a strength that comes from inside the strength that comes from the outside is sometimes like that very hollow sound, and you know, you can tell, it's hollow, there's nothing there, it's, it's a shell, but you want real strength, solid, it comes from within, and you can tell that person, and we can tell, because you know what, when we are just strong on the outside, we try to hide our insecurities by over-exaggerating and overcompensating. Sometimes the loudest people are the most insecure. The toughest-looking people are actually the, most, the weakest. Or sometimes the quietest people could be the most aggressive. We overcompensate. But when you look at the core of the person, the depth of the person, you can tell when a person is powerful from within. By the mere fact that they they don't need to make a song and dance of everything. They don't need constant recognition. They don't need constant validation. Because it's strength that comes from within. I know who I am. Now, don't misunderstand me. No one, and that's just my thought, no one is completely free of insecurity. We all have a level of insecurity. I do, you do, we all do. And it could be about very different things how tall, how short, how thin or or, or or deep our voices um, how we communicate, how we can speak how we can't speak how good our jokes are or not no, we're all insecure about something but the most important thing is that we don't let that insecurity shape us, we place it before God and say Lord this is not who I want to be This is who I want to be. St. Peter had a huge insecurity. When they went to him, as they were trying our Lord, and they told him time and time again, you're one of them. He said, no, I'm not. And not only did he say, no, I'm not, he said, I don't know the man. And yet when he came out, and he wept Bitterly He faced that insecurity Saint John the Beloved At the time when they took our Lord Ran, he left his Clothes behind He ran away naked Yet Who was left standing at the foot of the cross It was Saint John When our Lord looked At Saint Mary and said Woman behold your son Son your mother So we all have times of weakness And that's why the apostles are such a beautiful presence in our lives Because we see the depth and the reality of humanity Sometimes when we look at our Lord Jesus Christ we think But we can't be like him, he's God And that's true, he is God And no, we can't be like him. But we can aspire to be what he was to us in the flesh. We can aspire to live according to the manifest presence he had among us. And that's why he was there. But when we look at the disciples, we see ourselves perfectly. Perfectly. So don't let our adornment just be on the outside. Don't fix insecurities just from outside. Look at what makes us stronger. Look what makes the insecurities go away. We sometimes cover them up and hope that by covering them up, they'll go away. But they actually don't. They stay. They stay and they get deeper. And they put down deeper roots Proverbs 12.25 says Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression But a good word makes it glad The good word that we have is the living word If my heart is filled with the anxiety of the world, then I am brought down to the level of the world. But if my heart is filled, filled with the Word, the presence of God, the empowering presence of God, that Changes me It makes me stronger It makes me glad How can you be glad? I'm glad Because I see The richness and the beauty I'm glad Because I see the reality Of who I can be And how strong I can be I'm glad because I realize that I'm different. I'm glad because when I see the Word, when I'm touched by the Word, then my life changes. My life turns around. And I become renewed. Renewed. I'm no longer drawn down by the world, I can rise above it. We are today's disciples. Our Lord chose those men at that time and the women who ministered to him. And they were the core of the spreading of his word. Our Lord did that for a reason, because he knew that each and every one of them would relate to one of us, would inspire us, would touch us, whether it's St. Peter's valiant, powerful words or St. John's gentle words. Whether it's St. Thomas after he doubted and then went before our Lord and said, My Lord and my God. Or St. Paul who went completely in the other direction and then, having encountered our Lord in blindness, regained his sight. You remember the story on the way to Damascus when he found he couldn't see he was blinded but through that blindness and through the scales that came out of his eyes the world looked very different he saw something very different he saw that something he saw something that did not only change his life but the lives of Of so many across generations and across time and God has placed you into the world so that people can look at you and be inspired by you now I know that we don't always see ourselves in that light and sometimes we even shy away from seeing ourselves in that light because we're told that if we see ourselves that way, that's arrogance. It's pride. It's not at all. I don't want you to see me for me. I want you to see me as God's handiwork. I want you to see me as God's creation. I want you to see me as the culmination of God's gifts that He's given me. I didn't make myself. I didn't mold myself. I didn't give myself gifts. I have nothing. But I am, by the grace of God, what I am. He gives me all things to make me who I am today. And to allow me to be instrumental in his plan. So during this fast of the apostles, don't just fast. Fast as an apostle. Fast to make a difference. Fast to be the best person you can be. By the grace of God, leave yourself in His hands to be molded. Because it is only when we leave ourselves in that way that He shapes us as He shapes us. And when He shapes us that way, it is beautiful, it's powerful, it's instrumental. Not only to ourselves, but to all those who see us and are touched by us. You know, 2,000 years down down the road, today, we're speaking about those apostles. Those simple men. Those men who had flaws, yet allowed themselves to be shaped and to be molded, to be transformed. And our life here is about transformation. Transformation. Don't be satisfied to just be. Want to be the best you can possibly be. And that will only be by God's grace, through God's molding of us, in the fulfillment of God's plan for us, and above all, with the promise of the salvation that he gives us when we reach his kingdom. Glory be to God forever.